0: Okay, what are you guys selling?
1: If you're drowning, and I throw you a life jacket. Would you grab it? Yes, good pick up 200 shares. I won't let you down pay,
0: him. pay that man his money.
1: Ask them how they'd like to see 30 40 percent returns. What are they gonna say? No, I don't want to see those returns.
0: Where's the money? Lebowski, you're gonna make a lot of money, right?
1: Be aggressive, learn how to push. Show him a three percent return. And I'll trust you to watch his kids. For free.
2: I'm a big fan
3: of money. Move around. Motion creates emotion. I did not know this. That's it. I'm done. Hello term fixed action jacks. I'm Yeah, we're on the board. S&P futures down 19. What, 19 and a half? SV futures down 54. Yesterday we were down pretty heavy all day, and then just crept back, crept back all afternoon, and finally the futures actually made it a little bit to the positive, but the the actual uh, uh, market did not. But the, the futures stuck. A couple of them stuck a little ahead. Uh, Lou, how are you, Bud?
4: Good morning, sir. How are you?
3: All right. Were you over in uh, in uh, Vienna talking to all the Saudi guys and the OPEC people?
4: Uh, no. Um, in fact, that was one of the topics I wanted to uh, I wanted to discuss this morning because uh, Michael Schellenberger, who's a guy I follow pretty closely on uh, on energy issues, um, revealed that apparently the government had tried to. Bribe the Saudis to not cut production by promising them that they would, that we would refill our strategic petroleum reserve by buying oil at eighty dollars a barrel, so that we would we would guarantee the Saudis, um, you know, a, a hefty a hefty demand at eighty dollars a barrel, in order to make up for any uh, any potential losses if they didn't, if, they, if only they wouldn't cut production. But you know that offer was, of course, not made in public because they, they didn't want to look like the idiots that they are on draining our uh, our SPR and uh, and of course the Saudis the, the Saudis told uh, told our people to go pound sand so you know strike a strike another blow for intelligent energy management by this administration. I um... oh and by the way by the way the secretary of energy was out of the loop for that offer she wasn't. a snake. Somebody queried your office about it, and she said, "I don't know what we're talking about."
3: Uh, that's always good. I, uh, as, as a price theorist, which I am not, um, oh, I still have Milton Friedman's book, "The Theory of Price," that I never could understand when I, in class, and I could never understand it now. Why I still have it, I have no idea. Uh, at some point, Lou, when you when you set your prices, the idea, I you mean, know, OPEC had this power, you know, back in the day. Then we talked. We've talked for the last five years <clears throat> or ten years that they've sorta of lost it. And uh obviously we we were thinking about if you cut production by two million barrels a day, say you're putting out uh, ten <coughs> and you cut it to eight, well you need a corresponding twenty percent rise in prices to get you ahead of the game. And for a long time OPEC had that power and it seemed like a long time they didn't have that power. They kept trying but it didn't really do any, any make any difference because there's or last time I checked there's like twenty com- com- twenty countries that at some point <laughs> Our, uh, our exporting oil. Of course, Venezuela Venezuela is sort of falling off, and that kind of thing. But um, do they f- do they think they have the po- have the power back? I mean, I don't I don't believe that if they cut back, you know, twenty five percent, they're going to get a twenty five percent price hike. Maybe they will, but I don't I don't I don't think it's like nineteen seventy three. Do you?
4: No, it it's not. And and. Part of the reason I, I mean it but it's but it's much closer to 1973 now than it was in you know 2018 or 2019. um the, the the key of course and and this is this is i'm sure you are aware of this this is pretty basic is that as long as we were pumping out as much as we were the kind con- the the flexibility that opec members had to shut down production was quite limited because if they shut down you know, they, they needed the cash that it, it always astounds me how these economies just seem to run on a uh, you know let, let's use up whatever's in our paycheck every month kind of kind of expenditure and so when when prices dropped low dropped drop you know below 75 or 50 dollars a barrel because we were pumping these countries uh, you know were, were hurting for cash and, and needed it and so if OPEC, had, if, if the Saudis had come to them and said, "Okay, we're going to we're going to damage the United States by cutting back cutting back production," the response would be, "We can't afford to cut back production. We don't have enough cash flow." They've got enough cash flow now to cut back to cut back production safely because we're not, we're not flooding the market to the extent that we would be flooding the market. We would keep those prices we would keep those prices low. We would keep those economies in, in on kind of a, a razor's edge balance. And so their their flexibility to do this kind of stuff is greatly limited. Let
3: well, let the, and, let and the this, record this, reflect
4: again. Just another just another example of how damaging to our to our foreign policy and our domestic policy our our uh, our current energy policy seems to be.
3: I am not a, a big fan of our current energy policy, as you well know. But let the record reflect, Lou, because I have the page up here. We went from, uh, where the hell were we? We topped out at, uh, let's say, 1,063, 1,077 rigs in the second year of the Trump administration. By the fourth year, we were down to 250. That was, had nothing to do with Joe yeah, Biden. Yeah,
4: that, that's irrelevant.
3: Why is it irrelevant?
4: It's irrelevant because, as I told you last week when you threw those numbers at me, Maddie, do you remember this discussion last week?
3: He wasn't here last Thursday. He was Wednesday last
5: week. Yeah, last week I was oh, on oh, Wednesday, oh. so I, I missed this one. Oh, sorry. Well, okay.
4: This we're we're now we're now approaching the definition of insanity with two old two old guys. We're <laughs> having the same argument over and over again. All right, Chief. We had this discussion last week. I I told you that the, the key for us right now is is and, and in many respects uh, has been for the last couple of years is this administration's policy of deterring and Um, basically discouraging investment in in our energy supply system pipelines refineries the rigs it takes a little while to get the rigs started the rigs are actually the most flexible part of this thing the least flexible part is the stuff that's been damaged the most as a result of this administration's policy and that's our refining capability and our transport capability and so and so that's that's all been that's all been
3: blown up, and we can't restart that quickly. Know, and it, so it, this but, is, it is still It's very recent history. I mean, sometimes when, when you look at this stuff, and again, I I will not argue with you that I think the ramp up has been slower because people don't know uh, if they're ever going to be in business five years from now with the attitude of the administration. I, I mean I I try and agree with you all that, but let the record reflect: since the guy's been in office, we've doubled the rigs. When Trump was in there, they went down by seventy five percent. mean, You can't you can yeah, argue with that.
4: No, I'm not going to argue with that. I'm just going to argue that it's irrelevant.
3: Well, it's not irrelevant and, because and keep coming to keep coming
4: back because it's not the choke point.
3: The, the problem the
4: rigs are not the choke point. The choke point is refining and transport, and that has been badly damaged by this administration. Uh, the but re- re- regardless, but I'm but not that, I'm not that's, I'm that's, not but,
3: arguing for these guys. but I'm saying the the problem with. With the oil issue, is it got down to twenty eight dollars a barrel four years ago? It, it did, yes, yes. And, and all of a sudden, these people and, the, and, that cut the supply
4: cycle because because it's, it got too low to be profitable to to drill.
3: There's a there's but, a there's a map there's a map blue. But that's not. that of course, I, you know, what I, I'm going to blame you. I know I sent you this map like four or five years ago. You probably you probably disposed of it. Oh but, no, I remember it. It was probably one of the neat. God, was that a neat map or what? Yeah, it was a
4: great. It was a great map, but it's but it's not. If you if you listen to the to the the people who are responsible for producing the oil, it's not or producing gasoline, it's not the. It's not the key issue. The, the drilling rigs are the most flexible of this whole system. The least flexible stuff is the stuff that's been damaged the most by the I, administration
3: policy. I, I, I can't and, agree with you more. Our, I, and, and you
4: me. I mean, I know you. You don't want to get. You don't want to get into a, a, a figure pointing exercise. I'm happy to get into a figure pointing exercise. But but either way, the point is, under this administration, we find ourselves an administration that, by the way, promised to do exactly what's happening I,
3: now. I, I'm with they you. They
4: promised to do this. But this is a campaign promise. Th- this, this so is, I'm happy to hold them accountable for their campaign. This promises. is
3: this is not all about politics. This is this is about. A lot of people with with fracking fields that are getting thirty bucks a barrel for oil, and they say the hell with it, and they're gone. And that happened. Yeah, that okay. happened. And,
4: and, and do you not think? Do you not think that as oil prices went through the roof, these people would be back in I, operation? Uh, I and why no. aren't they?
3: Well, why, not to, why, not aren't they, today. why aren't
4: we back at a thousand or seventeen hundred rigs right now? Because this is this is not news. This has been happening. Com-
3: I've I've conceded to you that the last time this happened, which was in uh, when I'm looking right, at this this is a great this is a great chart I got here. Look. Last time this happened, when we when we start to ramp back up, we're doing like forty rigs a month, and I think this administration, because of their of their attitude, we're up we're coming up twenty rigs a month, which is not fast enough. I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I don't like anything these people have done since they but came but that's
4: not, And, 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 and that's, that's a factor, but it's not, it's not the key factor. Wait, but, but regardless, the, the point I'm trying to make here is when we let this happen, and by we I mean our federal government and the Department of Energy, when we let this happen, or, or alternatively in, in my universe, when we deliberately destroy our capacity here, as part of a ca- as part of this misguided green energy uh, program, when this happens, the the rolling effects and and, and this is not rocket science. anybody could have could have told you this. The rolling effects through our domestic policy are a monster inflationary push because energy affects every aspect.
3: I don't disagree of our,
4: of our existence. Well, no, I- and I'm, incredibly damaging foreign policy results.
3: What I, what I'm,
4: because we don't have the we don't have the oomph to deal with Russia, for example.
3: I, all I'm all I'm trying to say, Lou, is that on the economic side, it's it's exactly the same as what's going on in my, my nephew's metal business. Well, he doesn't own it, but he works there. It's exactly the same. When you when you when you fall out, when you when you get down four or five years ago and I, first of all I'm not blaming Trump. Because this, this oil cycle has been around since the 70s. You and I remember it, for God's sake. Uh, I, I, I know I that, and I'm not, I'm not
4: trying to... I'm, my, my point, as I said, we, we, we can forget about the political stuff. I'm just noting it as a general rule. Our failure as a... As a you know the, the failure of our leadership, let's put it that way, to think about this intelligently and to understand the impact of this on our foreign and domestic policy is is criminal.
3: Well, Lou, you know what like like they could have done. I'm
4: happy, to, I'm happy to blame. I'm happy to blame the Democrats because
3: this is this is something. Oh, I understand it, but on. but my point is, if if we were intelligent, if during the Trump administration, again, it's not whoever was in there would have done the same thing. We should have been filling up the reserve at thirty bucks a barrel.
4: Oh, you know that you know that Trump tried to do that, and the Democrats blocked it. Well, Schumer blocked it. If you go back and you can go back and read that read that report, why, do you, why do you? need this
3: article? Why do you, I mean? We, why do you, well, we already have legislation on the books to have a, a uh, strategic reserve? Why do you got to check with those guys every time you buy some?
4: To, to 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 make the buy to make the buy to fill it, they needed
3: a congressional authorization. And Schumer,
4: who actually crowed about the fact that he had he had personally that the Senate had personally blocked Trump's effort. To, to refill the, uh, the SPR buying gas at, at a cheap rate because because of the falling prices, Trump, Trump's people said let's let's fill it up now well, let's pump more into I, it. I think the consumer block it because he said it was a windfall for the oil. I I think,
3: I think you understand it um, arguing with me, which is great that nobody on, on, the, on, the, on the actual side of how this works, Nobody wants to be on your side more than I do because I saw Pullman go down to nothing, and all of a sudden, five years later, or ten years later, Mayor Daley says to me, "Hey, how come we don't have a a real card manufacturer in Chicago?" I'm like, "Duh!" I mean, it's not, I'm not saying the mayor's a dumb guy. He sure as hell isn't. He's a bright guy. But when 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 people make the decision at 28, 30 bucks a barrel to get out of the oil business and and, and abandon their fracking things and sell their rigs to God knows who the the ramp up all of a sudden a bunch of kids going to some place mining and mining and whatever a and a and m agriculture and mining or whatever it is all of a sudden the amount of uh, oil uh, engineers all that stuff it all drops off and it drops off real fast Luke. So th- this this can happen like in the people in Chicago there's all kinds of unemployed people guess what all these all these machinery places that are now making stuff for people they can't find anybody. There's no mechanical engineers. There's there's no tool in diameter. There is nobody that has that kind of training. You, it, it doesn't take long, to to for that to fall off. It really doesn't. And then, and then if you compound that with an administration that makes it sound like go back and open up your field for two years and we're going to shut you down as soon as we can. Yes, that's idiotic. I, you're not going to get me to disagree with you on that. I mean, but I'm saying I, the, I, the, my, the cycle is.
4: My point is. So 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 uh, you know uh, again I'm not. I'm not arguing on this basic point. i are not going to argue this basic point anymore because, because you and I have a, a fundamentally different picture of this. I will note, in response to your question, that we should have been filling the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, that the previous administration tried to do it when prices dropped low because they, unlike the Democrats, understood the need for that, for, for uh, filling it, and they also understood the need to keep that infrastructure in place. And the Democrats blocked it, and I'm going to put the blame sheer, again squarely there because Schumer bragged about it. Well, so so again, I'm no this, fan of this, Schumer's. You know that. Uh, what? What's your pardon me?
3: I said I'm no fan of Schumer's. You know that.
4: No, no, no I know, I know. If, you, if 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 you pull down, if, if Maddie can find Schellenberger's article, it's on Substack. Um, it, 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 if Maddie can find the article, there's a very clear explanation there. It, it's just another marker of the just overall incompetence with respect to, to any number of things that you see with this administration but in terms of this particular issue I'm not, I'm not going to argue with you about it uh, to, except to note again that if I were the Secretary of energy you know I I, I would try not to act like the Secretary of Transportation right oh yeah I, get I would be proactive I would be proactive on this and, and trying to figure out, how we can effectuate the, the, the production of oil because it's going or of gas and refinery products because it's going to have a very direct and very expensive impact on a whole bunch of people who who are going to wish come January that global warming was more of a reality.
3: Oh, I, I, I do not, <laughs> you're not going you're not going to get me to ever agree that you, when you when you have three coal fired plants in Chicago I'm going to say the one that's in the middle of a neighborhood. You know, maybe, maybe maybe you get rid of that one. But you sure as hell don't shut off the one on the border over by the lake and you, to where you can't even use it no matter what. You, you get that thing up to speed as much as you can. You're shutting the one off over in Indiana. Why? That thing is fairly new. I don't get that part. Maybe you don't run it. You know, w- when your windmills are turning, you, you know, you have the thing, you know, banked a little bit. But when when you need it, you got it. I, the idea of you, you wreck this stuff is insane. Lou, you're, you're not going to get any d- disagreement with me out of, out of that. But I mean, I no, I don't know. I don't mean. Are we it, it, really talking about going back to? So
4: so this this leads me this leads me into my my next my next topic that I wanted to talk about this morning. So so I'm I'm again cruising through my rather eclectic reading at uh, uh, threads last night, and I come across this one. <laughs> so, Health and Human Services has placed an order millions of doses of a drug that has a very specific use and that use is to stop internal bleeding as the result of an overdose of radiation from nuclear exposure Uh, those doses go for like a thousand or eleven hundred dollars a pop and we've ordered millions of them
3: all of a sudden, From, Oh, Pfizer? It gotta be.
4: I have no idea. Who the, no, it's not Pfizer. It's uh, it, it's one of the other big drug manufacturers. But, well, why, why but are we, see, why, this goes to show. This goes to show our attitudes. Why? Your immediate reaction is, "What drug company's getting a, a windfall?" My immediate reaction is, "Why are we ordering? Why are we ordering anti-nuclear radiation drugs in in the millions?
3: I, I you know. I if I had to do this over again. After the trading floor closed up, I. What do you? Is there some kind of a lobbyist training school? I. I would. Uh, how much did that guy get paid?
4: Chief, forget about forget about the fact that this is gone. This order has gone to some drug company. You know, the, ask yourself why we would order millions of these doses at this particular
3: time. Right. I, I, I have a serious question for you, Mr. Constitutional Law Guy. When you say, w- w- what's What's the number on that? I mean, it's a total number. Is it $200 million? Give me a...
4: Give me a hold on a sec. I can... I'll pull it up and I can tell you. Um, I don't... I can't see
3: the exact amount of the contract. Let me set this up kind but of where I'm going but from.
4: It's, but, but it's nuts.
3: No, but I understand that. But let me... Here's where my question's coming from. I always have a background for the stuff I ask you, even though you think I maybe don't, but... When I, I, I don't know if I told you a story, before would. What's it, Bean Melissa? Was it Melissa Bean? She was a, she was a rep from here in, in Illinois, and you know she had ran her own business. She's no dummy. She's a uh, good lady. We were at this. Uh, so it's
4: purchased. It's this has been purchased through Amgen. It's part of the it's part of the Bioshield project, which I was up to my eyeballs in in 2004 because of the Anthrax vaccine right. issue. So it looks like it looks like two hundred ninety million.
3: All right. Now my question to you is the same my, is the same question I had to her. Although she couldn't, you can probably answer it. She couldn't. I said, okay. I think from your background that you would like to see more banks, not less. And she goes, well, absolutely. And I said, okay. Well, last weekend, three or four banks. This was during this two thousand seven eight fiasco. So, I said probably three four banks disappeared like just in this area. And the deals look to me like they're really sweetheart deals, where somewhere the, where the government uh, picks up the bad loans, or, or you know, when I say the government, probably uh, Cipic, uh, not Cipic, uh, FDIC, or, S- or FDIC, and the uh, they pick up the, the lowest losses and they, and they kick this bank to like some other bank, and we're talking two buildings, you know, five, you know, drive-through locations, and, and all this money. And it looks like they paid like $20 million for the place. I go, that is really light. I go, how, how do I get a group together and, and get in that, get on that list? And by the way, do you or somebody like you sit down with a couple of Democrats once every six months and review some of these deals to where somebody's not sitting on somebody's lap or somebody's not getting, or not getting paid off? And she looked at me and she goes, why would we even think of doing something like that? And I'm going, my question is, where, where in, the, in the pecking order does a 200 million dollar order even come from Congress is it is, is it a bureaucratic order does somebody have to approve it I mean you know, like you know if you have a business somebody can probably well, I just
4: I just told you I just told you the authorizing statute for that
3: but that that doesn't should, mean any right but there's money there to be, be had now can some bureaucrat just strike the check that big or does that or does that have to go back and be reviewed by the committee or something I mean I, I don't know that's what I'm asking
4: no, it, it, the authority—the authority to make that purchase is, is embodied within the statute. The question that we need to ask is not why they—they—they they, uh, they have the authority to do that, because that was that was a statute passed by Congress, and Project Bioshield is a specific statute passed. Uh, in response to the potential for biological chemical or radiological attack on the united states and this goes to my point the question you should be asking is not why they decided or there is not you know whether they got the authority to do this but why now why would you purchase why do we see a huge purchase of this stuff and and my understanding based on the on the press release from hhs is that they're trying to say? Well, this is sort of routine stuff, but but this is not routine.
3: Who is it for? Is it for and, people and in so Ukraine or for us?
4: It's it's for us. Well, it's it's for somebody who's, who's who is potentially about to be exposed to a nuclear weapon or a nuclear a, a nuclear radiation leak or or a bomb going off or two bombs going right. off.
3: And again, it's some, excuse my my always attention to detail. Was this was this drug or this purpose named in the bill like two years ago and they're they're just getting around ordering it or, or was this something new?
4: No. The agency does not cap specifically the Congress did not and they don't do they don't make law this way anymore.
3: Okay, that's what I'm asking. They did, not
4: specifically, they did not specifically authorize them to purchase this particular drug. This is purchased under a wide ranging discretionary fund for for purchase of drugs in uh, mitigation measures against biological, chemical, or radiological weapons. The point of this, of my raising this, is that somebody somewhere believes that this is a good time to have a lot of anti-nuclear radiation medication available. What whether am- to use it here, to use it in Europe, to use it in Ukraine, because they believe that the possibility of a nuclear Weapons incident is now greatly. It, it, we gotta go. We gotta go to break.
3: Harder. We gotta go to break a little bit. You and I. I tell you what we agree on. I'd sure like to know who the hell is somebody is. We gotta. S SB well, futures down got, twenty. I got some. I got some pretty good ideas. But, uh, SB futures down twenty. futures down fifty seven. We get back. I got a story about you about inflation and debt. We'll be right back. Stacks and jacks.
1: How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox.
3: they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. right here, right now. right now. Hello and welcome back to Jack and Jocks. I'm Tom Howell. Mr. Matt Weber on the board. SP Futures down 16, as if down 41, so we can come back a little bit. Uh, Dow Futures are, uh, I'm just, uh, Dow Futures are down 154. Uh, both of you guys be happy to know that, uh, your friends from Sweden Say the investigation into Russian pipeline leaks strengthened suspicion of gross sabotage. Maybe one of you guys can tell me what in the hell gross sabotage is, but anyway, that's what it is, they claim. Dex down forty-one point three percent, FTSE down fifty-two point seven percent, around on twenty-three point four. Again, we had the two monster up days on Monday, Tuesday, so we're still carrying a big up week into into Thursday. EK up 190.7. Uh, Shanghai still closed from 9.30, I don't know, I guess, I don't know if it's new year, what's going on over there, but I don't Uh Hang Seng down 75, 18012 they barely hanging over 18,000, those guys are in the world of hurt. And uh, yesterday the Dow was down 42, S&P down 7, Nasdaq down 27, so not much after 2-3% days in a row, is you know, barely down, so. Uh, the bonds unchanged at 3.77, the bond up one basis point, 2.03, back over 2%. Uh, Japan up one basis point, they're like 0.24, 0.25 every day, they they don't ever want that thing to move and I think they uh, uh, intervene in markets make sure it doesn't move. Oil down 65 cents, 87.11. Rent down 58 cents, 92.79. Natural gas up 3 cents, 6.95. So with all this craziness in natural gas in the last two months, it's down from 9.30 to 6.95. So figure that one out. Arbob down 4 cents, 262, even though gas in the city is still 5.50 figure that one out a uh, gold down 110 17 19 silver up five cents 20.59. copper up one cent 351 so pretty much quiet in those markets crypto bitcoin up 17 bucks 20 thousand 204 and the uh, us dollar against the euro 0.99 and against the uh, british pound a uh, 1.12 is uh dollar uh 1.12 dollars to the pound so not near as close as the 104 Then again, not normal. Normal's like probably one thirty. Eddie, what do you got for us, Weather Sports?
5: 37 minutes past the hour. Good morning to everyone out there. We have a crash already on the tri-state northbound just before I-290. That's blocking the left lane and causing some stop-and-go traffic heading on uh, I-294 northbound. So expect some delays as you're crossing uh, and heading toward I-290 there on the northbound side. No issues on the southbound side. Edens and Kennedy looking okay. Traffic building on the Eisenhower, but no accidents to report. We do have a crash on the Stevenson northbound at Central Avenue. It's actually the entrance ramp uh, that's closed due to that crash. It's a car on fire with crews on the scene. So that's affecting uh, both the Stevenson and Central Avenue as you're approaching I-55 while crews work to put out that car fire. Southside expressways, uh, we have a crash on the Bishop Ford. This is on the inbound side at Sibley Boulevard. That's on the... uh, entrance on-ramp from westbound Sibley to the inbound Dan Ryan but if you're coming in on the Bishop Ford or I-57 it's looking good. Uh, De Sable Lakeshore Drive is all quiet. Out to the west uh, it looks like we have a crash or actually uh, that just cleared. Uh, we do have one crash though on I-355 this is blocking the right lane on the Ven- Veterans Memorial northbound side just before International Parkway. So that's causing delays as well, and that's in uh, the uh, Lamont area, uh, southwestern suburbs. Everything else looking good out there. Weather today, uh, we'll have some rain later on this afternoon and in the early evening, a high of 72. And then temperatures uh, will drop tonight and into tomorrow, and we'll be in the 50s for the next couple of days. Right now it's overcast and 60, going up to a rainy 72. For our Phoenix listeners, partly cloudy with a high of 93 today. Right now it's clear and 77. In sports, last uh, yesterday was the uh, last game of the or last day of the regular season in MLB. Cubs blew out the Reds 15 to two, finished the year 74 and 88. But that was after a horrific first half. They, they were had, a winner,
3: Matty. They were 72 to was it, the over under. That's right?
5: right. They had to get red hot <laughs> down yeah. the stretch, but they they actually hit the over. Cubs finished 39 and 31 since the All Star break. Played pretty good ball in the second half of the season. White Sox were blown out by the Twins 10-1. White Sox finished exactly at 581 81 81-81. Certainly a disappointing season for them as they were projected to win well into the 90s. Diamondbacks doubled up the Brewers 4-2, finishing with an identical record as the Cubs, 74-88. and uh, So the MLB playoffs will begin tomorrow. Uh, the Astros and Yankees uh, both have buys in the American League. Dodgers and Braves have buys in the National League. Uh, so Friday's games will be uh, Tampa at Cleveland, Philadelphia at St. Louis, Seattle at Toronto, and San Diego at the New York Mets. Well, that, all, three, all three games are in one park, right? Um, I, yeah, that's correct. The uh, the uh, The higher-seeded team gets to host all three games. Uh, lastly, Chief, Thursday Night Football tonight, it'll be the Colts at the Broncos. That's a 7:15 15 uh, Chicago-time kickoff, and that game's carried on Amazon Prime Video.
3: I have a question for you two sports mavens. Then I got to tell you about my indebtedness story. Um, Name me the Major League Baseball player
5: that played the most regular season games in a year. I assume it would have to be someone that played in like a a, a tiebreaker game or something. So did they play 163 games? 165.
3: Oh, wow. Uh, Maury Wills. He played every game, and then there was a two. In those days, the, the, the tiebreaker was two out of three.
4: Oh In wow, three. Yeah, three. That's
3: right.
5: Okay. I, I,
4: I was trying to I was trying to think back as to when that when that tie, but they didn't do single game playoffs. Interesting. So all right. real quickly before, before you get into your anecdote.
3: I got I got to I got to tell you about my incredible story.
4: No, no. before right. we start that. Okay. Before we before that shaggy before we we let that shaggy dog loose, we need to finish the other shaggy dog. All right. We need to finish clipping the other shaggy dog. The point that I was making and that didn't didn't seem to register. Apparently, somebody in the administration or a bunch of people in the administration feel that there is a significant risk of a nuclear firebreak occurring or the, the, the violation of the nuclear firebreak somewhere, uh, either in Ukraine or in a demonstration shot somewhere. And so we are upping our anti-nuclear uh, effect medication stockpiles. That is a that is a huge issue, and if you want to talk economics, I want yeah. you to imagine what's going to happen on, at grocery stores and Costco's and Sam's Clubs if if the Russians set off a nuke, even uh, either even a demonstration shot in the in the Black Sea, or if they if they drop a tactical nuke on some supply railroad railroad supply yard in in Western Ukraine.
3: Is it true that even a tactical nuke is bigger than the Hiroshima bomb?
4: Tactical, it, it, it probably would be smaller than 20 kilotons. I would say probably in the in the five to to 15 kiloton range. The the point is that that the detonation would would do a lot of damage in a, in a relatively small area. But the the issue, chief, is not so much them setting it off, but our response to it. Oh yeah, and our response to it will be escalatory. It has to be. And would... So you now we now face the we will now be facing the prospect of you know us going after say Kaliningrad or or wiping out some some Russian you know ship somewhere or doing something that tells tells Putin it's going to be very dangerous for you to do this and and it, you know we, we could be looking at something like the Cuban Missile Crisis where we very quickly brought all of our nuclear forces up to full alert. In an effort to basically tell the Soviets, "Don't do this," because we're prepared, we're prepared to destroy you. Of course, it would mean widespread destruction and devastation. That that
3: particular drug. Now, I I didn't. I guess I've never read up like you do. uh, uh, What you know? If somebody gets a lot of radiation, other than burning and all kinds of other crap, you lose your hair, you lose everything. This 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 drug help? Or is, are there a lot of drugs that help? I mean, I don't even know what to do to treat somebody.
4: Well, for children, for children, you give them iodine, and 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 that helps that helps block thyroid cancer, which is one of the most pop one of the most uh, likely results. This particular drug is designed to stop internal bleeding, and that's basically what happens to you if you get a. A large dose of radiation, or you you get a dose of radiation from from some contaminated you know soil or whatever, you you bleed you bleed out your your blood vessels collapse and you, you yeah. hemorrhage, right. and and so this drug this drug is designed to stop that slow that mitigate the effect, impact of that, and, and so again, I'm not I'm not so much interested in the fact that that you know Amgen got this contract. I'm interested in the fact that we're exercising it now. How old is and, old? and this is? Just out of curiosity,
3: how old is that drug? Just out of curiosity, how old is that it drug? It's something they did. I have no idea. I mean, this is like something from the '40s.
4: No, no, I'm sure it's something that was developed in the in the '60s when we were really we were lo- really looking at this. Um, how do you it's test it? In, the the, the, the um, if Maddie gets on the HHS website. Look under something called aspr.hhs.gov, and you'll see the press release for it.
3: How do you how do you test whether it works or not?
4: Uh, you you supply it to you test it on animals, and presumably they've had some radiation exposure issues that where this stuff has worked.
3: I can't imagine what the what the what the side effects of this thing might be. Ugh, um
4: well, it 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 basically, it, it basically is a platelet stimulation medication used to treat adults and children. It, it's used, it's used in, in low platelet you know, okay. drug counts, but the but radiation, the exposure to exposure radiation destroys, you know, destroys bone marrow and destroys your ability to produce that stuff. So
3: All uh, right. this is, okay.
4: this is why the, this is why it's in, but you know, I, I, I would, I would tell your, your invested, your investing readers, listeners to To just be aware of that and to think about the impact of a nuclear exchange, uh, or 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 some kind of nuclear exchange with, you know, with uh, with Russia.
3: Oh, got it. I, I, and, I, I, and even I, I, I to the I extent, have...
4: even to the extent of a small, you know, a small attack. And and this is the kind of situation, by the way, that that when I was flying my um, reconnaissance missions around the outside of the. Soviet Union, you know, it was, it was made very clear to us that, that when when the Soviets decided that they wanted to make a point with with us about how serious the situation was, we would be one of the first targets to be shot down. And, you know, because because that's a very easy way that, to send a message saying, look, we're serious about this, we're effectively committing an act of war, if not almost an act of war, against you to send a message that, that you can't do this. I, you know putin has yeah. putin has nuclear saber rattled from the beginning um i i am i am fairly nervous about the fact that he that this messianic messianic excuse me uh, address that he gave last Friday um, has not gotten more play and i don't know if he, people in the administration which has not really proved adept at foreign policy have have really an understanding of what he was saying but but you know there is a there is a very apocalyptic kind of strain in that, in that, in those words. And
3: Lou, I've been, uh, uh,
4: if, 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 if they decide, if they decide to detonate a nuke to, to try to show resolve and, and, you know, they do it in Ukraine, you're going to have fallout issues. You're going to have nuclear radiation issues, but the real danger will be our response.
3: Well, what, uh, when, when you see this guy, I mean, he was always kind of a knucklehead with the, you know, sh- the goalie getting out of the way for the ten goals and riding a horse without a shirt and all this stuff. He was, but is he is he starting to go? When I say hitler Hitleresque, on us, is, he, is he I'm reading stuff that he's up to however many prescription drugs a day, and he's physically a mess. Is that what you're? Are, are you catching the same vibe as what I've been, people have been sending me? I
4: mean, I think he's always been he's always been one of those guys from from Russian. You know the russian culture that believes the russians are the saviors of of spirituality in the world and that and that god is on their side i, I mean if you if you look at the the language of this his recent addresses you see it you know we are against the west and it's not it's not nato it's the west and it's the west with you know us at the at the head it's almost like something coming out of iran you know the the great satan and and that's the way he characterizes us.
3: But well, well, it's, it's not very religious. Much
4: a quasi quasi religious um, kind of a kind of fervor. Yeah, but it's not so, religious. So to that extent, yeah. I, 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 and that, he's not he's not crazy. Uh, he he's just he just has a very different kind of set of beliefs. The only question is, you know, how how far is he willing to push it? Since since they their his military has failed him.
3: Well, uh, that's my next question for Leonard Lewis. Uh, with all the other stuff, with all his buddies at, with the big yachts instead of the working tanks, what's only takes one or two. I, I get it, but what state do you think his his uh, n- nuclear arsenals in? Don't you have to replace the, the blasting caps and all that stuff every once in a while? I mean, I, I gotta believe they have they have enough to cause enough damage in the world, but uh, I, I don't. What what, what condition do you think that stuff's in?
4: We have, we have seen, we have seen them start to move some of their nuclear and strategic, well, strategic assets out, but it, it would, I would guess of all the stuff that they've got, the, the nuclear weapons are probably the best maintained because, because that is the, that's the, you know, the ace in the hole. That's the, that's the thing that makes Russia something other than just a gas station. You know, it's a gas station with nuclear weapons. And and that's and not a very good not a very good gas station either.
3: But once you you know once you pull the trigger and and start the war, uh, th- then the threat the threat's no good anymore.
4: Um, in terms of deterrence, yes, but, but deterrence works deterrence works across a wide spectrum. So the, the, the let's say let's say the Russians want us to want to send a very clear message that you know they, they want us to stop shipping weapons. So they detonate a tactical nuke uh, in Western Ukraine at some at some rail yard. Close to the border of Poland, so that so that you know it, it, it's close enough that they could see it and hear it, and and all of a sudden we go okay, so now they're really serious about this. They've crossed the nuclear firebreak, something that we we have said for ever since we did it in Japan we would we would not allow it to happen again. They they crossed the nuclear firebreak, so now we have to respond. There has to be a response to that. You cannot just step back and say. Oh, you were serious about that? Okay, we're we're going to stop shipping weapons, and so so the is the the response. However, has to be measured enough that it sends a message of our resolve to Putin, but at the same time doesn't send the message that we're coming to take you now. Because if we do that, then he fires all of his long range stuff, and 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 just basically destroys Europe and the United
3: States. Well, what 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 is this, the condition if there is? We've had these Minutemen and silos in Minnesota since God knows when. If the, if for whatever reason, the president said fire one up tomorrow, does the thing work? Been there for fifty yes. years.
4: The land based the land based silos, the land based silos will work. The submarine based stuff should work. Obviously, we've scaled way, way back in terms of the number of warheads we can deliver. But the stuff we can deliver is reasonably, reasonably accurate. Uh, and and you know we have. We have, I don't know how many, 100 or so, maybe 120 B-52 bombers that are capable, that are nuclear-capable. A certain number of those are, are ready to be used. They're not sitting alert anymore. They can't be launched in 30 minutes, but um, we, we, uh, we would come back to them and say, y- you don't want to do this. So the question is whether we would respond with a nuclear weapon, a nuclear strike of our own, I, doubt, I don't think we would. I think we would do something else. You know, the question, the question if you're the president is very straightforward. Are you willing to sacrifice New York and Los Angeles for Ukraine?
3: Well, the, but the, the thing of it or is... Or London, though, or
4: Paris, or... The thing or of it Berlin? is, it's not, it, it, it's,
3: it's not that, it's not that straightforward of an answer, because if the answer clearly would be no, then it's, then uh, six months now, it's going to be, would you sacrifice New York for Poland? And it's, that's it's, right, and it's at some point. That's
4: that's, that's why. Yeah, that's why. That, that's that's the that's the question that the that the Russians want us to, the way the Russians want us to think about it. The way we have to think about it is: Are you willing to lose to Leningrad? Uh Are you willing to lose you know a portion of your your Black Sea fleet? Are you willing to lose a portion of your Baltic fleet? Are you willing to lose an air base for for Ukraine? and, and that, that, that but that's how these things escalate because we're calculating what is going to be you know how far to the line we can go before the Russians feel so threatened strategically that they, that they push the button on their on their, their big stuff and, and the Russians you know the Russians don't look at nuclear weapons the way that we do they look at them as, as battlefield tools and they also look at them as a, as a very clear way of signaling we are prepared to escalate this
3: well, and, what what hey, makes you, th- you, you always that you to that
4: extent I would exp- it wouldn't surprise you some to that extent it would not surprise me to see them try a tactical detonation somewhere. Our response is the key
3: well you you always talk in the last you know however many weeks that no matter what happens, Putin's going to stay in charge and he has no nobody around him that says you get you're going crazy is that there's got to be some limit there to, where somebody says, wait a minute. If, this, this guy's out of his mind. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, you can't count on that, but I mean, I, you know the, the guys got the guys around him got pretty happy being fat and happy, I think. Do they really want to go to you know back to where they actually have to be a general?
4: Um, I, I mean i don't I don't have a good handle on the discontent or or whatever within the Russian population or within the Russian military. Um, I do know that he's got firm control over the state security services, the, the FSB and, the, and the, other, the other state security apparatus. So, presumably, any kind of movement within those ranks to say, we, we need this is enough, we're, we're just getting killed for, for nothing, and now the country's at risk. Presumably, any kind of conversations like that would be immediately you know, reported and dealt with. So, I, I, think, I think he's, right now, I think he's reasonably secure.
3: Well, even they, they have, they another, have to. Another
4: reason we have to we have to, you know, factor in what's going through his head, versus what's going through you know the heads of people who might replace him.
3: Well, I think that's true. But I, I mean, some of those people over there were were enjoying the world, and then the guys with their yachts are missing them. I think.
4: Yeah. This is not. This is not we're not at that point, you know, this is not a situation where you're going to have a bunch of guys who have been living high off the hog come in and say, look, this isn't going to work, Vlad, you got you got to scale it back, that's not happening, uh,
3: this yeah. Is,
4: yeah. We're, we're back, we're, you know, this will be, this is the kind of situation where, you know, look, I've got all this investment and I've got all this money and I've got yachts and da-da-da-da-da, and the response is, yeah, I've got a gun pointed at your head,
3: Well, I, who's richer? I uh another question for in terms of trading, because you mentioned trading. Uh, theres I, I don't think I've ever seen since I've been in the business, Lou I mean, maybe it was in 1962 would have been different but as many potential landmines around the place now this one's obviously a huge one uh, I see the uh, an, an incredible percentage of the population, or not like 80% but 20, 30, 40 maybe that all of a sudden uh, have just bought a house that they're going to be underwater on now for a lot of years if this Interest rate stays going from 3 to 6 or 7, wherever it's headed. I see Ford raising their car prices yesterday where virtually everybody I know that isn't like a trader or somebody or a, or a lawyer, sorry, is never going to be able to afford a new car, ever, in their lifetime. I mean, the median wage is 36000 the new car price is forty-seven. dollars Jim Chanos comes on last week and says what we're forgetting about is this entire real estate market in China and these dollar-denominated debts that these guys can't pay. The, the, the list of gravestones around my machine when I trade for people, it, it's like going to a cemetery, for God's sake. How, how do you how do you trade that? I mean, what exactly do I do? If, I mean, I, as you know, I listen to every word you say. I mean, we can fight about the oil stuff and all that stuff. That's one thing. But the fact is, um, how exactly do I incorporate that into my first trade today for my clients? Or how do I how do I take the, the chainos? You know, I, I know, we've been talking about it for years, This dollar denominator uh, dead out of China is a bomb waiting to go off. I, I just know it by my, yeah. my heart of hearts. And I, and I and I know that we just did that. these mortgage rates is just going to eviscerate people just like we did in 2008. Maybe not as bad because people aren't, aren't leveraged up on their own two houses, that kind of thing. So hopefully it won't be as bad. But I know that they're there. Yeah, I can't just come in and buy puts every day because guess what? We're up six percent this week. You know, what I mean, it's yeah.
4: I, I am not. I am not the guy. I'm not the guy to asked for investment advice. But I will tell you right now, defense stocks are gonna are gonna go up because we are buying, and we it, it is a it is a seller's market right now. We are we need to buy. We have, we have dropped our our stocks on weapons across the board. That we have to replenish. All of this expendable stuff the artillery shells the missiles the, the air-to-air stuff so so just a replacement on on those weapon systems is is significant those those businesses are going to go up
3: what's what's the Once ramp up Lou? we are r-
4: we are looking at investment in in some very high technology uh, areas uh, you know lasers uh electronic warfare um, and that by electronic warfare, I mean radar, radar jamming, uh, millimeter wave guidance, this kind of thing. Anybody affiliated or, or looking at, at working in that area is going to be some, you know, somebody that we're after. And then finally, AI. Uh, artificial intelligence is, is going to have to start, it's going to be a, a bigger and bigger part of our weapon systems programs. It has to be. The Chinese are investing in it like mad. And, and, and so these are areas where I would see a lot of investment coming in in a hurry.
3: Where, where's the, the ramp-up? Where, where are we going to get the people that have this this education? It's like, where are we going to get the oil engineers? That's my theme of the show, Luke. It's always it's always the same question, doesn't it? Where are we going to get these guys? Where are we going to get oil engineers? I mean, they, they, were, they were ready to do fracking in southern Illinois eight years ago. Now, the thought of that, I don't think anybody has any people. They don't, they don't have any bridges. I mean, this stuff if it's not steady it's very very difficult to do it just
4: is the ramp up on the defense industry has been going on since I told you before the 2016 election that, that to, look at, to look at defense industries because, because our, our equipment was getting old um, that ramp up has been going on for, for a few years um, in, in some respects we're importing the talent to, to work on this stuff uh, but there's a, there are a lot of there are a lot of smart people, Chief. Uh, there's wow. a bunch of them out here in Boulder that are that are working on on our energy, you know, our energy weapons and, and energy production in the battlefield. And uh, do, this, do you this, think these, these are areas, these are areas that, that investment's going to expand? and It's going to have to.
3: Do We're not talking out of school. We only got thirty seconds. Do you think that the Russians have the capability of, of grabbing a? A battlefield nuke, somehow getting it over to the Ukraine and blowing it up without us knowing about, they're going to do it. Um, the short answer to that is yes.
4: Um, the long answer is, you know, I, I think they would. I think they would probably not do it that way. I think they would set it up so that we had full disclosure that it was about to happen. In an effort again to try to walk us back from doing the kind of supplies that we're, we're doing for uh, for Ukraine,
3: so well part of deterrence
4: sense. is showing your issue, you you show your cards as, as, in, to a certain extent in, as part of deterrence. And if we're getting ready to use a nuke, they if they're getting ready to use a nuke. They would want us to know exactly who did it and, and under what circumstances.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, this has been a it's been a very very uh, very heartening, very you know making my day kind of discussion, but. uh, very well, very you know, good. I always
4: like to go into the weekend with a with a positive outlook.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you do. All right, thank you very much. As a reader's down 16, as a reader's down 40, come back, Mr. Mr. Dan Janitis.
5: Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain?
6: 3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com.
5: Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on stocks and jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's Matt at stocksandjocks.net.
6: Hear ye, hear
1: ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air!
3: Stocks, jocks, and stocks, and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right
4: now, right now. There's something
3: happening here. Lord and welcome back to Starks and jocks. I'm Tom Howell. Uh, Mr. Matt Weber on the board. SP Futures down 19. There's a Futures... Down fifty. Uh, we have Mr. Dan. Yes. The uh, were you listening? Either one of you guys? Did you listen yesterday? We were all over uh, Loretta Lynn with the uh, her song, her country song, where says, "You're the reason our kids are ugly." <laughs> How would you like it if if like Jill ever told you that? Man, of course you don't have an ugly kid. You got a beautiful baby. <laughs>
5: That's about that's a yeah that's a
3: pretty good insult <laughs> you're, to re- ex. Yeah. <laughs> you're the reasoner that's, uh, that's well Diana. now that now that Lou has cheered you up as well as me uh uh so have you, have you have you focused in on a, a nuclear bomb going off in your investment strategy today
2: uh no no actually we're I think we're in pretty good shape uh the you know the the uh talk of um OPEC, uh cutting production again is is not totally surprising because we've seen this you know over the years um you know just to remind everyone uh the last time we saw a cut this large and they're talking about um two million, two million barrels a day uh was back in early 2020 right at the time that covid hit and i was paying attention to oil because i you know being a high yield manager most of my career we, we pay attention to what happened happens with opec and oil Because we do think it has a major impact on the global economy and our financial markets. So we were paying attention to that, and that's when oil prices, as you recall, went all over the place, um, you know, rate, you know, uh, rising tremendously and then going into negative territory and then kind of rising back again. And then we still see this volatility. So I I would say if there is something to be paying attention to, it would be, um, what is going on with OPEC and, The market, as of now, does not seem to be responding to it. I mean, there hasn't been a huge shift either way in oil prices, but I do think just the fact that at this point they're considering cutting production when we are coming into the winter, when we're coming back on stream with a lot of businesses and manufacturing facilities over in Asia and all that, I I think um, the timing isn't by accident, but I do think that uh, it's not necessarily the best timing for... Uh, for the market, um, so that would be the. I don't know if I would go as far as calling it a bomb, but that would be, I think, something to pay attention to right now.
3: Well, Dan, what? Boy, uh, uh, well, you know, I, I, I was, I was so, I had so much respect for the people in Chicago. I actually remember what they said when all this stuff started to happen back in the '70s, OPEC and all that stuff. I mean, uh, literally, these are, these are quotes from Milton Friedman because he was talking about it in class one day. He said, "You don't have to worry as much as the headline numbers because." The hardest thing in the world to cartel is to maintain discipline. Because they're all gonna cheat. Because when the prices go up, they all want more dough. Oh, yeah. Now if, if yeah. they say two mil and the prices actually go up ten bucks, what's your estimate? What's the real number of the cut? Half that? If if that? I mean I don't be, know. Yeah. It could be.
2: I think the circumstances is gonna you know, circumstances could be different, but it but it but it probably will be lost, yeah.
3: When, now, how many people are in this new OPEC Plus group? Was is, is, was Russia invited? They weren't, were they?
2: They, I don't think they're they're invited um, in, in, this, in the, the most recent one, but they have traditionally been p- part of it. But a lot of the the um, price manipulation, if you will, or price um, talks have gone on over the years between the Saudis and the Russians. And although they don't control as much of them, well combined, they control a, a portion, a pretty large portion of the market. And they have they have gotten used to that, so maybe at this point they're not going to have as much impact, especially where they're not an official member. But they will still be in discussions with the Saudis, and you know they're you know they do think they still have some bargaining power here, and you know whether it's a political event or an event that's aimed at um, you know helping them um, specifically economically, I'm not sure, but it is definitely an event that will have an impact. Can and will have an impact on on the global economy and on the markets there at some point
3: um, I'm looking for uh, right here at the people who cause I want to get to. I have some questions a lot of questions on, on bonds for you but the uh, uh, according to this, the list of countries by oil production uh, the United States is number one, then Russia yeah. then Saudi then Canada I've got Saudi with like 13 percent of the oil production. Is it them? Is it them? that's about right? Yeah. So, I mean, they they are not about to drop their production two million barrels a day. I don't think. I mean, I'm just. I mean, that would that would they would be under
2: to, they would be under a lot of pressure if they did that. Yeah. Which, and that's unlikely to happen. But but they're they're I think it's just the 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 talk and the threat and you know. Um, and I think, as you're saying, and I agree with you, that, that what actually happens can and will be quite different than what's being discussed right now as headline news. But just the fact that it's on the table at this point um, is concerning. You know, during a time where the economy is under pressure,
3: well, and, the, and the
2: they will be picking up at some point.
3: I, so I have two very sp- well, of course, if you've got any new bonds, we want to hear about those. But two, two questions. One is... Um, without going into a long, long story, I uh, we had some listeners, and one was a lady from uh, Pennsylvania, near, near State College, of all places, and her f- family, her, her husband's family, not hers, uh, I don't know if you've ever driven through Pennsylvania, you look, you look around, you see all these tree-covered mountains, and you go, what the hell, who owns these places? And you see a river with some steel mill in a city stuck right next to it, and that, you know, that's yeah. Pennsylvania. Uh, evidently, their... This group of guys, families, guys, had their hunting lodge up on this place, and they owned the top of this mountain or of this mountain. I don't know how many people they had. A, you know, the hunting club up there, we go there and blast deer and drink and whatever. It's a, you know, what do you, a testosterone uh, haven or something. And uh... well, all of a sudden they get this contract. Somebody says we're going to buy. I think they gave these guys a million dollars out of the gate. I don't know how many people are splitting it. They said, well, we want to do fracking here, most more gas I think than oil. And they cut deals with the people around where they could put these pipelines, like, on the ground. You know, they didn't of the dig, they just laid them on the ground. And uh, they said, we're going to put a road up here, and we're going to cost us a million and a half bucks for the road. But don't worry, when we're done, you know, we'll, we'll make the mountain look like it did before we were here. we will plant new trees and blah, blah, blah. So they had, like, two and a half years to do it, or else the deal was done, and they could keep the million bucks, or whatever it was. They could go negotiate with somebody else. So right near the end, they start lay in the pipeline, and they build the road. And all of a sudden, the prices go down. I don't. I don't think they did. I don't think they got, you know, teaspoon one of oil out of there. Where did they put the road back again? I don't know if the lady died or what I've heard from her in years. But how much of that of that sort of investment in Northeast Ohio, Southern Illinois, where they were going to expand all this? Fr- it just it just disappeared. There, w- there was a map before I, before I met you, Dan. Unfortunately, I got to see if I can find it. It was an interactive map that showed. Like a five-year period of all these fracking fields, and how they just exploded on this map. You know, is it, was, it was the thing it was one of those maps that moves basically? And then yes, the yeah. th- in the next five years, it just went went to nowhere. I mean, there's nobody in southern Oregon, and there never was a a, a, a a well, even though they were repairing bridges, they were doing this, they were doing all kinds, of buying up property. I mean, how much how much did people lose on that? Because it's kind of an, an industry that because the reluctance. I mean, Lou blames it all on the administration. I think it's way more than that. The reluctance of people to pony up money in this oil industry after what happened with the twenty-eight dollar oil, I think is people are very reluctant to do that. E- even if the the administration did things the way maybe Lou and I and you want them to do it, I, I just think that the people are just tired of the the boom and bust crap. I mean, I, yeah, I mean,
2: and that's that's what the industry has been forever and ever and ever. Yeah. I mean, going back, you know, many many years, and you think about Texas and. But, but uh, yeah, Appalachia, we talked about a couple companies that we owned. Like, you know, last year, Southwestern Energy did a fair amount of fracking in the Appalachia area. Um, There's a company now that we have been investing in on the bond side, um, Buckeye Partners, which, as you can tell, has, a, has an Ohio um, reference in it. And it's really, it's, it's midstream piping. It's actually the, the pipelines themselves that are bringing um, energy, and natural gas from, Houston up to the northeast, uh, but the actual fracking and development has slowed down significantly um, in those areas. And I think you hit it on the head that the investment um, is just not there. The you know I think this was a you know transition um, source of fuel, and there's a period, if you recall, in North Dakota where the same thing happened and. Housing crises went through the roof, and people were moving there and making money. And then it kind of went bust even before, um, you know, the last few years. Uh, so this is a this is been a trend in the industry all along. And what ends up happening is the cost of production, the cost of transport, um, the cost of getting you know people there, uh, the you know the labor, and th- those things become prohibitive when they aren't striking, you know, when they when they're not actually productive wells. So. Uh, the time to get to that point, um, or the time to get to that point, is still somewhat boom and bust. It is there is a certain amount of I, I wouldn't call it luck because they they use their you know geological tools to determine where the best sources are, but it's still a certain amount of risk that they're taking and in trying to um, find energy in places that you know they're not they're not definite you know, it's not a definite, you know, you're not, so there's a lot of costs that are involved, and I think that's what's kept people out. And also, and you alluded to it, and I I agree with you, I think what's happened going forward is that people see this as a mature industry, and an industry that's eventually not going to be around. So it's hard for investors to get all excited about this, even if it did have profit potential in the near term, which I think it does, Um, maybe not Appalachia, but I think there is, the risk-profit potential in the near-run. And then they get excited about things that are going to happen in the future, um, like uh, Tesla, like uh, you know some of the tech names. And I have more trouble in those names because I still think there's also costs associated that are, you know, for different reasons. So, um, you know, kind of sticking with the more, uh, I, don't, I don't want to use the word conservative, but... Companies that are that have positive free cash flow, companies that consistently perform well on, you know, in different economic environments, that's really where you're going to make make um, your money over a period of time. Short run, I think you can. You know, short run, I think people did make money in fracking. Short run, I think people did make money in some of these names. We certainly made money in Southwestern Energy. Yeah, but um, it was not a ten year play. You know, well, it was, was maybe really one or two year investment.
3: Well, I was really happy with. Uh when this lady was sending me updates every six months or so, it wasn't like we emailed every day. It was a once in a while I get something. I was really happy because it gave me a real sense of this, the length of time it takes. Yeah. Plus, I mean, j- just the thought. I mean, listeners, I mean, we're, we're in this. And I don't know if I can accuse our listeners of that because I don't think they are. That's why they listen to us. But in, in this tweet world we're in, I mean, uh, it's, it's all about if you're doing, I mean, obviously, even though you're doing your bond stuff, you know a lot about commodities, been around the block. It's it's not about it's it if, if I got a if you were to ask me what's what is what's a bushel of soybeans go for, I'd say, Well, I don't know, fourteen bucks. But if I got one sitting here in the office, it's not going for fourteen bucks. It's right. it's it's gotta be somewhere where somebody can use it and he's willing to buy it. I gotta get it to wherever the hell it's supposed to go. So if you got a some some mountain in, in, in Pennsylvania that's it's loaded with gas and oil, uh, by the time you have how many how many rights away do you have to get? and you got to find somebody who does... By the way, who, who does these flexible, on-the-ground pipelines? There's got to be a company that does that. They've they, they got to be doing well, or at least at one point they were. I mean, you gotta, every, every guy's property you go over, you got to pay, right? And if one guy says no, then what do you do? I mean, this, this is not... This is so difficult. It, you know, it's scary. It's
2: right, exactly.
3: And, and plus, it's a couple of years out. And right now, that... That industry is really tough to predict a couple of years out. Until where, do you really want to give them your dough, or should I give it to you or me? I mean, I think maybe you know somebody'd rather give it to you or me right now rather than that, than that because they don't want to be three million into it, and all of a sudden the price is down, and oops, we screwed up, you know, type of thing. Uh,
2: yeah, or or the environment changes, or you know, like you know, the certain um, restrictions that come down the road, or the costs, you know, as, as the the actual, the perfect example is costs going up as they have, cost of production going up, you know, cost of labor going up, cost of delivery going up. Um, that wasn't necessarily anticipated or put in the initial uh, business plan for for you know for the, that particular mountain or for or for fracking in general. I think I think it was a it was a great idea um, initially, and it did bring money. But I think North Dakota, I go back to North Dakota because I think that was the example where everything shot up really fast including housing prices because we thought this was the new you know wild wild West and and it turned out not to be we saw that also um, I have a good friend who's pretty senior in a number of he's on the boards of a number of energy companies and and I remember a number of years ago when um, they had a house in Midland and he was just talking about how how crazy expensive it had gotten to live there and you don't think of Midland Texas as a you know a place thats Unaffordable, but it's become unaffordable just because of the lack of housing, and that was during a part of a, a boom cycle. And you think of Texas in general; I mean, the, you know, going all the way back to the '70s and '80s as being that in that boom bust. Uh, and you want to be on the right side of that yeah. <laughs> trade. You absolutely the, want to be on the right side of that trade. If- so, and it's a very difficult one to predict. And there's a lot of you know, besides all the things we're talking about and all the you know the cost issues and all that, the political issues become yeah, yeah. really difficult to manage.
3: Well, what uh, um, what is you? If I had to, I always ask these questions, Dan, because I think you know a lot. I know you do. Do, do you have any any idea of what the uh, the North Dakota oil fields, the fracking? What's the name of that places? That's the uh, Bakken. What what percentage of. Uh, Oil are they producing today? For versus where they were a few years ago, are they still pumping a lot? I think they probably are, aren't they?
2: I think they're they're still pumping some, but I would say that the numbers are definitely lower. And I think the manpower and the resources that have been that have been put into that area are, are shifting. Um, I know that, that North Dakota is one state that is like big on wind power. I'm not sure if they're actually the same people are actually working on the wind power, but I know some of the utilities. Are actually sourcing that that one otter tail that we have is sourcing from um, from wind farms that are um, that have been built in, in North Dakota. So there there has been a gradual shift. I do think the total production numbers are lower than they were uh, a few years ago. And I but I think the mo- main thing, as you, you're pointing out, is that the level of interest has really shifted, especially from investors.
3: What uh, I want to switch real quick. Why would these mortgage rates running up this? six and a half, seven, or 6.9. Or, why why aren't, uh, I guess the question really simply is, why aren't, why aren't you on here telling me about, uh, all of a sudden there's there's bond, uh, mortgage bonds you can buy paying 5.5%. Is that all locked up by other people, or can you or can you get in that? You, you
2: can. The, the thing with mortgages that's interesting, and part of the reason that we're, I've never been a big fan, is that when interest rates go, we've got a lot of volatility with rates, right? Okay. Like we've seen rates go up and down. Mortgages do well when rates remain stable. So if we were in a stable rate environment and say the two year was at 4% for the next year and the, the, the 10 year was at 380 for the next year, then I would say absolutely mortgages make sense. Mortgages don't make sense when there's volatility because like all bonds, when the yield goes up, um, the price comes down but with mortgages, you have the other whammy on the other side, which is when when um, yields come down, prepayments go up, and that's a negative for for for, for owning a pool of mortgages because it shortens your um, maturity, your average duration, your average holding period, and it's uh, so they're they're hard investments. But the time when mortgages work best as an investment is when you have flat or steady rates and we're in quite the opposite environment right now um what does work now are floating rate notes um what has worked surprisingly um have been these t-bills that we've been talking about now for for months they're you know they're actually in positive territory not only with the yield of providing but the you're getting some capital appreciation from them as well um there's been this, this there's still a lot of demand for that, you know, the flight to quality and for yield. And those two things are gonna keep, um, you know, mortgages, I mean, are gonna keep UST bills and short-term treasuries um, up there. I would rather buy a corporate, so to give you the final answer, I would rather buy a short-term corporate or a high-yield corporate than a mortgage. Um, you can get seven, seven and a half um, or more, um, but if you want a higher quality, high-yield, name, like we've talked about, um, you know, service properties, SBC, um, we've talked about OMG, which is a, oh, not OMG, OMF, which is a uh, finance company, consumer finance. Uh, we just mentioned uh, BPL, which is the, uh, you know, they have bonds that mature in July of 23, and that's the um, pipeline company. So, there, when you can buy stuff, you know, paper like that or, or bonds like that, you know six, seven, um, seven and a half seven percent and i think it's a much safer investment it's going to be a lot less volatile because of the short maturity and these are money good bonds so when the news the economic news is good you win when the economic uh, economic news is bad generally there's going to be a, a a rush to put money into the the bond market and your rates going to come down so you have you sort of have protection on both sides i would not be buying Long bonds, um, long corporates at all right now, and with long treasuries, I'd be very careful. Like you, you almost have to be a day trader because of the level of volatility we're seeing in the ten years. So, if you're willing to, you know, when you know, on these days or these after these periods of weeks, when we see the rise in rates, if you're willing to time it and say, okay, I'm going to buy some of the ten year at four percent, and then ride it down back down again, if you can do that, great. All the power to you. That's not really, that isn't my style, um, but I'm sure there's a way to make some money in that um, right now. But again, that's going to stop. The music will stop with that as well. There'll be a certain point where we get to a leveling off, and that leveling off, I believe, is, I do not believe is going to come with a pivot, but I do believe it's going to come with a slowing of rate rises. Not necessarily a stopping, absolutely not a pivot. But I think in November, if we saw a 50 basis point rather than a 75 basis point increase, I think that starts bringing down the volatility in rates.
3: I think you're right. And I think, I think that's, that's,
2: that opens up some more um, investments like mortgages, uh, like corporates. I think it's good for corporates when we if we see that. And maybe more money goes into equities. But we're in this strange cycle. I don't know if you've noticed that that that, you know, you see rates going up and, the one year now is still, you still get some good yield on the one year, and I think about 415 But remember, just last week, we had the two year at 435 And, you know, and then everyone's in buy-in, so that drives the yield down. Well, the yield is lower, so now all the tech investors say, oh, wait a minute, now the, the cost of capital for some of these tech investments is lower, so we'll buy those. So, but if you think about the logic of that cycle, it really doesn't make sense. Well, right. Because it's very well, short lived. Well, plus, you got got to worry about the
3: plus if you buy the more if you wait, mortgages say mortgages go up. I don't know if they're going to go up anymore. I hope they don't. But if you do those, and we go back down again, then you, then you run the risk of the thing people just refinancing and paying them off.
2: Yes, exactly. That's the, that's the risk. That's the risk with um, with mortgages in a volatile environment. So it's really a stable environment. But we are. I think we will come to that point where, where the nervousness is coming in amongst investors is in determining when that's going to happen. And what I would tell the listeners is just be really careful when people use the word pivot, when they're looking out, you know, like a year from now and see, you know, they're trying to make a decision about the Fed, um, you know, suddenly cutting rates
3: uh, rather than raising rates. um,
2: It's unlikely to happen. What's more likely to happen is, uh, you know, they may not raise rates as much or they might just hold off until the economy catches up with we're um the level of rates are so that, in other words inflation is looking clo- a lot closer to the fed funds rate
3: I think they um, get I think they get just, to a,
2: nobody knows how long that's going to take
3: I think three and a half three seven five or four they pause
2: I think so I think four I'm, I'm thinking four by the end of the year but but I'm but I'm also thinking that be careful not to predict into next year
3: yeah, oh, yeah. Not
2: to, especially not to predict a pivot because when you start building in Hikes. That's when you lose money in the equity market because <laughs> well. you're you're already too far ahead. You got to sort of see what's coming up. And the other thing that we've discussed, and I also think another point that's important, is to be very careful with the numbers and be wary of some of the information. Certainly, the CPI read. It's the same read. We'll see it again next week. That is going to have a, a big impact. Certainly, corporate earnings now that'll be coming out for the third quarter is going to have a big impact on what goes on. With the equity market and with and with the Fed's decision, um, but be careful about. There was a number that came out this morning about rent, and now all of a sudden there's a new definition for, you know, for for rent. Um, and I think you have to be very wary of of changes um, that sort of fit the current, current environment we're in, because you really need to look at the same numbers over a period of time for them to make sense. And now, if you're saying that, you know where you have two families sharing a home together, you know, that changes the scope of, of the oh, events. Yeah. Um, can't do that. You have to still look at the, the price that's being charged.
3: They they, they, ne- the they, never want, they never want to give you a straight story. I mean, I, I don't know where that all started, but, hey, just so, since you asked, uh, or we were uh, during the... Even I can use this, this Internet thing. Uh, you, you know when the back and field started? No. Take a guess. I can't even get <laughs> 19 1963 wow and in uh i'm going to say in 2019 it topped out at 45 uh, million barrels a month but it's still 3132 and creeping back up again so it's it's still there i mean it's still uh, doing stuff
2: yeah it's
3: yeah it's, it, it's it's real um yeah so uh so right now we're sort of still if we can hang in there in the uh six month or to one year you know get some people's cash in there and while we're looking for better stuff except for the the few that ad- you identify every week because we're still sort of in the same spot
2: yeah absolutely yeah. i think that's 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 the um the trend in this in in this environment i think that's the way to go that's the strategy in this environment and yeah. you know keep keep an eye out on the you know the Earnings. Keep an eye on the CPI that comes out next week, and and um,
3: and we're going to dodge not to be
2: fooled by some of the rhetoric when it comes to you know looking you know taking numbers and um, or taking information and putting it in, into uh, you know creating new definitions. I guess. Is what and, we're, and we're going to
3: dodge nukes, so we're going to dodge uh, Chinese going under. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, Dan, thank you very much. But SP Futures down only down seven fifty. Right. S F Futures down twelve. Be right back. We got to get our, uh, our our picks for football. When we come back. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a Signature Protected Index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's Securities.com. Stocks, jocks, and stocks, and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here,
0: right now, right now.
3: Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Amos, but we on the board. Well, just like yesterday when we were down early, we're, we came back up. We are now up now. We're up 25 cents in the, in the S&P. We're up 25 points in the NASDAQ. Dow futures still down about 50. Uh, let's see what do we got going on the Dow. We've got uh, Triple M down a buck 39. We've got Nike down 45 cents. Nothing much. Uh, Home Depot down a buck 35. But we're back to almost flat here. Um, we're in Europe. We've got the DAX down 30.2%. FTSE down 548 Tech around down 14.2, Indonesia, EK up 190.7. I'm Shanghai still closed. Hang Seng down 75, but still a smidge over uh, 18,000. 18,012. Yesterday we were a little bit down, but after two huge days, not much. Dow was down 42. and p down seven. Nasdaq down 27. Uh, bonds unchanged at 3.76 ten-year. The bond un- <clears throat> unchanged at 2.2, 2.02. Uh, Japan is up same spot it always is 0.24. Oil uh, up down a dime 8766. Brent down 12 cents 9325. Natural gas up 16 cents 709 back over 7 bucks. It wasn't it was under 7 last time we did this. Our Bob down a penny 264. We've got gold up 580 26 Silver up 21 cents 2076. Copper up a penny 351. We have Bitcoin up 116 just over 20,000 at 20303 We've got the uh, U.S. dollar versus the euro, kind of steady at 0.98, and we've got the pounds. Eh, pounds down a little bit at 1.12. Matty, what do you have for traffic, uh, weather, sports?
5: Coming up on 36 minutes past the hour. Good morning, once again to everyone out there. We're ha- all kinds of accidents this morning for whatever reason. We'll start on the Stevenson. We have a crash on the uh, inbound side that's been moved to the right shoulder. This is right at Illinois 171 on the inbound Stevenson, which is exit 282. And that crash is uh, causing delays and then uh, further uh, outbound uh, just before Weber Road, my favorite road, I-55 uh, northbound exit 263 there. Uh, there is a crash and that's causing major delays out to the southwest in the Brook area. So a couple of crashes uh, several miles apart but both on the inbound side of the Stevenson are, are causing I-55 to be completely jammed up if you're heading inbound toward downtown. We'll stay on the south side. There's a crash on the Bishop Ford as well. This is on the outbound side of I-94, blocking the left shoulder. And that's just before Steel Bridge on the outbound Bishop Ford. Dan Ryan and I-57. Normal traffic times there. No accidents to report. Same for Lakeshore Drive. If you're coming in from the west, uh, we don't have any crashes on the Eisenhower, but uh, we do have high traffic volume. Same for I-90 and same for the uh, Edens as well. Weather today. Clouds early. We'll see some rain later this afternoon into the early evening, a high of 72, and then the temperatures will drop later on. We'll be in the 50s the next couple of days, but uh, today a high of 72. Right now it's overcast and 61 degrees downtown. For our Phoenix listeners, partly cloudy skies with a high of 93 today. Right now it's clear and 77. In sports yesterday wrapped up the Major League Baseball regular season. Cubs blew out the Reds 15 to 2, finished at 74 and 88, but they were 39 and 31 since the All-Star break, so some momentum heading into the offseason. White Sox were blown out by the twins 10 to 1. They finished right at 500, 81 and 81. Diamondbacks beat the Brewers 4 to 2. The Diamondbacks finished with the same record as the Cubs, 74 and 88. Major League Baseball playoffs begin tomorrow. The uh, Astros and Yankees have a bye in the American League. Dodgers and Braves have byes in the National League. Uh, But the other uh, eight teams are in action beginning tomorrow. It'll be Tampa Bay at Cleveland. That's going to uh, uh, start in the morning Chicago time, 11 a.m. for that one on ESPN. That's followed by uh, Phillies at the Cardinals. Then it's Mariners at the, the Blue Jays. And then the headliner is Padres at the Mets. So, looking forward to the Major League Baseball playoffs. Lastly, Thursday night football tonight. It's the Colts at the Broncos. It's a seven fifteen Central Time kickoff, and that game's carried on Amazon Prime Video. Chief,
3: um, quick question: Weren't really you surprised that with so many teams close three weeks ago that there was yesterday there was every, everything was wrapped up like two days ago?
5: Yeah, it's a pretty brutal uh, division race uh, situation this year in twenty twenty two. The the only one that really kind of mattered was the the Mets and the Braves. And both teams were obviously going to make the playoffs either way. Uh, but the Mets, you know, had a huge lead for the majority of the season. Both teams end up winning 101 games. Uh, but the Braves uh, swept that three-game series uh, over the weekend. And that pretty much sealed the deal for them. And they own the tiebreaker. So they, they win the division, get the bye. But other than that, yeah, the races were settled, you know, weeks ago for the most part. And, uh, you know, the, the White Sox completely collapsed in the AL Central. Cleveland ends up running away with that. The Dodgers and Astros were f- way better than everyone else all season same for the Yankees in the AL East so yeah it was it was pretty dull from a pennant race perspective surprise,
3: surprise the Brewers the Brewers blew it after the Cubs swept the Phillies
5: well floor. yeah and the Cubs did everything the Cubs go 6 and 0 against the Phillies helping the Brewers out every step of the way and the Brewers just couldn't get out of their own way and so they're on the outside looking in
3: well Colin you were two, I got you 2 and 2 last week you going to be four good morning.
5: hey how are you bud
6: i'm doing good um yeah pretty good weekend last week chief 2 and 2 from the show and then Five and three on the picks from Twitter. So, hey, good for you. uh, had a, yeah, had a couple money line parlays come in too with the Cowboys. So I was pretty happy. Uh, I do want to comment on one thing, guys. I'm, I'm really happy that the Aaron Judge thing is over now. So we can actually watch college football games without having <laughs> the Aaron Judge at bat interrupt the middle oh, yeah. of a, a big college football Saturday. I don't know how you all feel about that, but <laughs> yeah, well, as a Red Sox fan, I was like, I, I don't need to see this.
3: <laughs> well, you don't need to see the Red Sox this year either, though. They were just dis- no, no. You're right.
6: you're right, but I mean, I don't really care about Aaron Judge getting intentionally walked on a Saturday morning.
3: Well, it's a uh, what uh, <laughs> what what is the story with the Red Sox? I mean, weren't they supposed to have a good year?
6: Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean they they made some questionable moves. Their pitching was pretty bad. I don't know. They're they're kind of they're kind of a mess right now. And you get like halfway through the season, and you know. They're not going anywhere, so you kind of start tuning out a little bit.
3: What do you got this weekend? we got to get Mr. Janet in a bit. What?
6: Yeah, yeah, we'll go through them pretty quick, Chief. Um, so, we're going to start in the college ranks. We're going to go to TCU versus Kansas. Um, love this Kansas team, what, they, what they've what done so far this year. They're 4-0. Lance Leopold is a, is a Wisconsin guy. Um, you, you may have heard Paul Chris got fired this week for the Badgers, so... Lance Leepold's name is being thrown out there as a possible replacement for him next year. He's turned Kansas into a top-20 team this year, and Kansas has been the laughingstock of college football since the Charlie Weiss days. So, But in saying that, this TCU team is really, really powerful. Sonny Dykes comes over from SMU, and uh, they've surprised a lot of people. But this line right now, Chiefs, is at 6. Um, I got it this morning at 6 at minus 120. Uh, I think they're really going to take it to Kansas this week and um, put the hurt down. This is a TCU team that put up almost 700 yards of offense last week against Oklahoma. Could have hung up 80 points, I think. So I think their run for uh, the undefeated run for the Jayhawks comes to an end this week. And then also in college, we're going to look at uh, North Carolina and Miami. uh, Florida over the total of 66. We know UNC Notre Dame flew over the total a couple weeks ago. And UNC almost gave up 600 yards to Notre Dame in that game. Miami, Florida gave up uh, almost 500 yards or over 500 yards to Middle Tennessee State a couple weeks ago. So this should also fly over the total of 66. Really like that one there. And then in the NFL, just two plays so far. I'll tweet out some more when we get closer to kickoff with some of the injury news. But really like the Seattle Saints, over 46. Seattle, other than Detroit right now, worst defense in the league. They actually look like a Big 12 defense at this point. Um, Jared Goff in Detroit put up 43 points against them last week with no DeAndre Swift or St. Brown at wide receiver. Um, This game's indoors. I expect a lot of points from this one, really. The Saints are giving up almost 25 points a game. And then the last one, uh, I'm going to go to my Patriots here with the money line and the spread against the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions giving up 35 points a game right now. I mean, I, I know the Patriots are on the public side, but uh, the, the Lions are leading the league in points and are 1-3. So Belichick's own Goff. We saw that in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. And Belichick against Dan Campbell and Aaron Glad in a chess match, I'll take Belichick all day.
3: Well, the uh, the, the Detroit coaches, is two weeks ago? That, that was the dumbest last two minutes I've ever seen.
6: I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know if you saw last week too, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Defensively, they, they, they can't stop anyone. It's unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it for a team that's scoring that many points to be one and three. I think any team that's leading the league in points after the first four games of an NFL season is like uh, 80% against the spread and the Lions just aren't there. So.
5: God, wait. Was that last one, Colin, Patriots money line or Patriots minus three? Uh, both, actually. Okay, you got yep. both. Got it. Yeah, so, uh, I think the Pats will roll this week. So, so yeah. and,
6: and one other thing, guys, the Lions' first four games have all been indoors. Now they got to go to New England. Uh, I think the weather will be fine, but obviously a little bit different playing outdoors with golf and a not in a climate-controlled dome. So, no Pats, I guess.
3: Well, you screwed up on the Pittsburgh game because you, you bet the coach and you, you didn't handicap him because of Trubisky.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I know, and Matty pointed that out to me, too. Uh, I after I looked at it, I was like, "Wow, Trubisky and, and Tomlin still hasn't made a change yet." Oh yeah, if you go to this kid Pickett. It's yeah, still yes. up in the air. He still won't come out and say, "Yeah, we're going to make the change." I, I like saw that.
3: last night at uh, when I was watching the baseball game, it came across the tape on the bottom. of Pickett's a starter.
6: Yeah, kid's pretty tough. I mean, he's got to yeah. learn. You know, he's inexperienced, but I like him. He's tough.
3: Well, thank you very much, Bud. Talk at you next week. Uh, yeah, Mr. Okay. Flanagan, we'll, we'll just get, we won't go to any no break. we we'll just get Flanagan when you can. SP futures are down 2, and Nasdaq futures are up 15, so we're very quiet here uh, on a Thursday. we got the, the labor numbers coming out tomorrow. Um, John's
5: calling in just a second.
3: All right, we, 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 can, we can talk a minute before Mr. Flanagan. i gotta, I got I to tell him my story about the uh, inflation and indebtedness yesterday, where it comes down to even the, the, the bottom levels of the world. Um, I'm I'm stunned by this uh, this Bakken thing here. That these guys were there in 1963. Wow, and they were pulling oil out of that place, and uh, and evidently they just decided that the, the fracking just kept getting more and more and more and more. But they're still at two thirds of their peak. Uh, so 31 million barrels a month not not to snort at uh, at all. And they're still Jan. How are you? I'm good, Tom, and you. Did you uh, get your bets in?
7: <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to convert me, Tom. You may succeed. I don't know.
3: Hey, you know
5: if if four and zero every week, I'll, I'll be converted easy. It's, it's yeah, money he, to be made. Yeah. He uh, he only has five minutes with us, so he usually gives you know three or four picks. But then he does tweet out some of his other plays too. And uh, he had a nice five and three weekend last weekend. Good two and two on the ones he gave out in the show tonight or for today. He does TCU minus six. The North Carolina Miami over the Seahawks Saints over and then he likes the Patriots minus three and the Patriots money line so uh, just to uh, to document that and, and recap that well you know'll uh, tweet it out as well you know
3: our, our, those old dudes used to hang in the half uh, uh, I must be dead but I uh, used to hang in a Tripoli years ago and they had the big conglomeration of people they had guys in Vegas to put the bets down and all that stuff they, they really zeroed in on the over unders on these college games because they,
5: they thought they had insight into some of the injury reports. And, uh, you there's know. no doubt that the the and we've talked about this before, but the college lines are a lot looser, if you will, a lot more loose than the uh, NFL lines. I mean it's simple. there's 16 NFL games every week and, and you know unless there's buys then there's less than that. And in college football there's like 60 yeah and it's just there's you know there's a, there's a lot more games and if you and you can actually bet the FCS games too, the one aa games. So if you add those, there's a, there's another you know forty or fifty games or whatever. So there's no way they can get the lines as tight as they do in the pro game.
3: Well, those guys would they'd sit there and say, okay, the you know Notre Dame uh, best tackle and best linebacker are out, and it's not like it's in the paper like the pros. So they would immediately take the over. I mean, that's they would. mean, I mean, they would, well, I mean if, assuming the other team didn't have their you know best defenders coming back, but they would they would play these and, and they claim that they made money every year. I didn't exactly audit them, but. Uh, so Jan, guess what? Guess what happens last night in terms of uh, inflation. I stop off at the drugstore, right? And of course, there's a dude out in front uh, selling streetwise. Now I haven't seen streetwise since before COVID, right? I used to buy it from a guy down here all the time. I think it was a buck, and I'd give him more than that, but it was a buck. So I get on, I get my stuff in Walgreens. I and I see I got two bucks, you know, in singles. I figure, okay, I'll, I'll get the streetwise from this guy. So I come out, and I go. Yeah, I'll, I'll get one and I give him two bucks. He goes, "They're three bucks." Of course, now they're down to like, <laughs> now they're down to like four pages—the world's thinnest thing I've ever seen. And I go, "Well, I don't, you know, unless you want to make change, uh, you know, I don't have three bucks." The guy goes, "I'll spot you at a buck." So now, not only <laughs> so I owe the streetwise guy a buck, <laughs> and, and the thing is, three dollars—it can't, it can't be four pages long. I'm like, what? <laughs> this is an upside-down economy. This so. is this. <laughs> So, the, so now, so now, I pride myself on not being in debt. Now I own a street guy, streetwise guy, buck. <laughs>
7: <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I used to read it too, and uh, just recently I've have seen them cropping, you know, the vendors cropping up again where I used to see them downtown. I had, like you, I hadn't seen them for a long time. I wondered, does it exist anymore? Is it, you know, I on think the they must out. But I mean, I I liked the concept of it when it came out because it gave give you know, people a chance to work for one thing, and it actually has some kind of interesting things in it to, you
3: know, to read. It yeah, it has some pretty good articles.
7: Yeah, but I'm sorry to hear that it's it's declined or shrunk.
3: Well, I, mean, I haven't it's looked it at it yet, but it's like like all print media, I guess. Yeah, it looks like uh, there's like there's only a few pages. I haven't looked into it yet, but I can't get. It. I was going to buy the uh, Sunday paper. A couple. Of, what's a Sunday paper? Like five bucks, and it's half. Yep, a, yep. It's not even a third as big as it used to be.
7: Yeah, I, it's the sort of paper I, I usually let sit around for a day or two before I even bother to unfold it, and then I just end up reading the obituaries. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's
7: packed with stuff, but none of it interests me, and, and very little of it is what I call news anymore. It's all, sometimes anyway, it's featured stuff from you know, National Public Radio or Associated Press or whatever that you can get anywhere, you don't have to be reading it in print, but... Um, what do they call the
3: obituaries? The, uh, the the Irish uh, uh, match dot Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, geez, she was pretty hot. Her husband just died. <laughs> She's available. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so you, if you listened earlier, uh, we we're talking trading with uh, with Lou with all the other stuff, and I was saying that it's you know obviously I, m- I manage money for people, and we got some uh, you know we seem to be getting more and more because. Uh, I don't think a lot of people do option stuff anymore, and people are liking some of the protection stuff and how we've we've been doing the last few years, and uh, so we're getting some new people. Uh, you know, I got to make sure that we don't get too many because I got to make sure I do a good job for everybody. But still, a couple of slots available. But I, uh, I don't know how many landmines I've ever seen of this magnitude. Lou's talking about us ordering you know a gazillion doses of uh, uh, radiation sickness medicine and uh, and again. One guy, Jim Chanos. So I think it's pretty bright. I mean, I, you know, he's been around forever. And he, and he watches Chinese debt, and he's saying that thing's ready to blow up. And then I see these mortgages now, where there's people that has lost all their down payment on their house, even though they probably don't know it. In the last eight weeks, uh, if they had to sell, I mean, what I mean. And uh, Janet, it's it's all over the place. <laughs> Yet I don't. Know, but you don't. You can't. You can't. It's not tradable. You can't. You know. Even the numbers tomorrow, the labor numbers, you don't know what people's response is it's going to be. Even if, if he gave somebody the number, you know, the only piece of news that I, I know I could make money on 80, 80 or ninety percent of the time is if somebody somebody handed me a Fed statement, or not, not even not even the the official one. I mean, when these guys are going to go out and make a talk, if if there's any any hint in the in the tone change, you know, that's tradable. It's totally tradable. I, I, the, the thing from if you giving me the story about the Australian central bank on Sunday night, that was totally tradable. I mean of the fact that those guys were cutting back you know they're talking to other people. So there's, there's stuff that I know I can trade on. If you give me the labor numbers, I'm, I don't, I, if I'm, if I, if I make money on that six out of ten, I'd, I'd be a happy, happy camper because I don't think those numbers are, you know, it's, it's like earnings numbers. You don't know how people are going to react to it. I mean, so it's, but I mean right now, I mean it, it what, what, what do you? What, I mean, Lou has a feel. I said, well, Lou, how, he goes, this is big for investing. It's big for, the, I said, okay. If, if you knew the, if you got the story about the the million shots they were getting on on Sunday night and you came in and bought puts you're down like <laughs> a gazillion points in two days I mean it, it's it's just not tradable Jim I mean I don't know what it, it's in the ether but
7: the thing that gets me Tom and I, you know and this, I think it's it's what Lou and you and everybody has really been saying no you can't really systematize any of this data that it's just being thrown at you faster than you can absorb it into any kind of response because it's all swinging in such wild directions i mean look at look at the superlatives i hate to use that word about, about such things but you know, we exceed the you know the, the largest national debt records in, in in our history and you couple that with you know a, a volatility doesn't begin to describe what's going on in the markets you've got currency volatility You've got a war in Europe for the first time since World War II. You've got a meltdown in the Chinese currency and the real estate markets. You've got hurricanes. You've got crime. You name it, energy issues. And there's no way that you can put all this stuff into some kind of a hopper and say, well, if if the needle's pinning this direction for this and that direction on that, here's what you can say is the way to read the sum of all these you know, data points. H- how do you make sense out of any of this stuff? It's all like a law unto itself now. I, I-, I just dread can open the news in the morning uh, on my screen to see what else I have to try to you know, put into this hopper, because I know I can't come away from it saying that I'm any wiser about anything.
3: Well, we've done, um, you know, obviously I would, I would like to have done better, uh, because we gave maybe a little too much room to the upside, thinking that we might recover and we really haven't. So we probably, if we wouldn't have given so much room, to the upside we would have, we'd be doing a little better. But we're still doing pretty darn good. But you know what's weird, uh, Jen, of the the, the 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 system I use, it's not like it's a, you know, it's a computer system tells you when to do stuff. But basically, if you've got your position and the market rolls way down, you adjust it down, thinking it might come back up, because you do know I mean if you buy the buy a stock in 100 and you buy the 100 puts, which gives you the right to sell the stock somebody at somebody 100. The thing runs down to 80. I mean, you'd never buy the 100 puts when the thing's at 80. So you want to buy like the 85s or the 80s and roll those down. So if it bounces back up to 100, you actually made money, even though you're back to where, uh, you know, back to where you started essentially. But so what we've been doing is every time you actually thought it was going in the crap hole, we did the roll anyway. And every time it was it looks like it was going to the moon, we did the roll the other way. So just by doing our routine stuff. That, the, that this that the program or I mean, that we design tells us to do just by by following it and using a little bit of judgment as to which you know which strike you go to and stuff most of those trades have been good ones I mean I'm gonna say the the lion's share of them have been good ones so just when you absolutely hold your nose and get a little longer the next day it's it's up you know it's, it's wacky just and when you think it's going to the moon you almost got to short it it's it's so counterintuitive. The market's never easy, but this is more counterintuitive than any of my years, and I'm just so happy that I have some sort of a system to where I'm always protected, no matter what happens. I, I got somebody's back, but then if he runs down there, I can speculate a little to the upside, and you know we did that on, on Monday, Tuesday. We had probably our two best days ever, Monday, Tuesday, for, for clients at one firm, anyway. Yet you know now we're you know now now what you know type of a thing, but I you know I I have no idea what these outside forces, but I. I do know it's all driven by currency. And and if you don't think that anything like that can happen, all you have to do is look at three three basically horses bleep kind of places. Look at the Weimar Republic, Iran recently, and Argentina and Venezuela. like four. And when they when they devalue their currency, their market goes straight up in their in their dollars, not in other people's dollars. Because guess what? It's it's inflation and it inflates the market up too. So, you know, it's it's not You you sort of have to be careful on that, but hey, uh, I want to shift gears real quick. We only got a few minutes. We've talked a little bit about before on this uh, this law that everybody's jumping up and down on about the the bail here. Did you catch the the uh, uh, email from Lori Lightfoot about judges that uh, let people out too easily? She wants to target them on the next the next uh, retention ballot. Yeah. What what is that all about? Well, uh, this.
7: This is the sort of thing where it would it would seem to me, you know, Tony preckwinkle who's keeping about the lowest profile, you know, she's ever kept in her public life. But, you know, she's as the president of the county board, she's got control over the jails, you know, over the courts I and mean, as a presiding judge, but, but the budgeting and all that stuff and you know the directions that come from her office, it, this looks to me like it's some sort of attempt to, you know, get some light between Pep and Lightfoot, if not for an upcoming election, maybe for some other dreams that Lightfoot's got for her career. But I was surprised to see that. Um, and where's Kim Fox and all of that too? You would expect that you know yeah. going to be pushback from her that don't don't mess with these. I'll tell you though, Tom. It it, it Although I don't know who she's going to target, and I suspect you know there will be disagreement about whether this will get a good result or not. I wish there were more attention paid. To the judiciary in this state and elsewhere because when it comes to retention votes you have to retain a judge who's been elected after six years the, the process of getting ratings from these you know balkanized bar associations has become a, a complete joke
3: yeah
7: and it all has to do with identity politics and except there's nothing to do with your fairness as a judge and a, a judge who, you know, for whatever reason, comes down uh, in a particular case for, uh, you know, big bail or no bail or small bail or whatever, and that you're going to, you know, identify these people as once we get on the target the next time. Um, I'd like to see more effort put into deciding how a lot of these people got elected in the first place. I'm, you
3: know, well, yeah, we well, know. Many
7: of them were appointed. you know, uh, but a they few. They weren't elected, so that, that nobody's ever really had a, a chance to weigh in on You get all these cries from... Various viewpoints that we we shouldn't have an elected judiciary. The problem is we have one and nobody pays any attention to it. They never get any coverage in the press. Nobody covers it for the Sometimes or the Tribune in any depth whatsoever because it is kind of a a mess, I guess. But I I don't think taking uh, taking it into this kind of non non topic makes it any better. Jen, why
3: don't we. why don't we take the listeners on Monday? Let's take the listeners through some of that. Plus, I'm I'll,
7: I'll have to, I won't be with you on Monday, well, that's right, unfortunately, you won't. Tom. I'll be in, in sunny Nebraska for the
3: day. So. <laughs> oh, God. Well, yeah, we, that's right. we are going to Well, next time you're on, because I also yeah. want to go through the relationship between him and the sheriff's elected. So is the county president really his boss when he was elected on his own?
7: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've got um, you know authority. I mean, they, they, it's, you can't fire an elected official, but you can certainly you know, get the party... Against you, and and you know, curry yeah. favor with somebody else to run against this person. and to dispute, you know them in public, which has happened between the sheriff and Preknel.
3: Gee, we anyway. might have to we might have to replace you with like Wayne Matson. That'll be a change.
7: Oh, <laughs> 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 I'll, I'll be so I wouldn't even be able to listen in. I'll have to check the podcast later. <laughs> but I'll be I'll be sorry to, to not
3: be with you Monday, but I'm looking forward to Thursday. All right, bud. Take care of yourself. Yeah. Uh, SP Futures down seven fifteen. been down seven. Uh, slightly down, not much. We'll be back
5: tomorrow Stocks and Jocks. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. I guess we learned not to do it again. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProdirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty, call Audrey Johnson at 708 349 3456. Analytics, listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit homseyanalytics.com. Cairo Med, back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708 403 2727. DAX Research, tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1 800 821 4968.